listening to Perry Noble's thoughts on leadership, vision, and creativity. You can find Perry online at perrynoble.com. Well, hello and welcome to the December 2014 edition of the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. My name's Shane. Actually, this is the first edition of the December 2014 Leadership Podcast because this month we're going to release two podcasts. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry uh, Christmas to you. I'm singing happy birthday. Dang it. Oh, All you right, are. Keep going. Yeah, my oh, bad. My, we, we will definitely lead that in. I am you all will, for you, Christmas You music. may be mocked for that. I will be mocked. That's, That's okay. fine. Hey, that's fine. Hey, okay, to so today we're going to jump right in to today's topic because obviously uh, we feel like this is something that could be pertinent to a lot of leaders, especially church leaders listening out there. The topic is this, Christmas, it's coming. Here comes You know, <laughs> so here yeah. at New Spring, uh, Perry, you know, we refer to Christmas and even Easter as the Super Bowl. And we know that a lot of people um, who don't normally come to church will actually come to church on those Sundays, and we want to make sure we do the best job possible of telling the story and hopefully connecting to people or connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus and even the church. So with Christmas on the horizon, we wanted to offer some practical tips on how to help churches get ready for Christmas. So with that, I want to jump right in with a question. So, Perry, we know all Sundays are important, but why is Christmas extra important? I think, and this is my personal opinion, um, but it's right. I think that Christmas is like the most important um, time of the year for, for the global church. And this is why, and Shane, you and I discovered this a couple years ago, um, where Easter, like with our friends and with Jacob in Estonia, I know you're listening. Hey, hey, Jacob. Yep. Um, with all of our friends at Freedom Church yep. um, Over Gary, in the UK. What's up, guys? Um, Easter isn't that big of a deal worldwide. But for some reason, Christmas is that one time a year that for some reason, I found, you found, we found yep. that people are more likely to say yes to come to church. Um, I, I saw a survey one time. Um, I, don't, don't email me and ask me for the source because I don't know. Um, but it, the survey said that 25% of lost people would come to church if someone would simply take the time to invite them to church. My personal belief is that number increases exponentially simply because at the end of the day, you can drop the line, hey, it's Christmas. Why don't you at least come to church one time at Christmas? And a lot of people go, you know what? Yeah, that's right. I need, um, or, or this is it. Why don't you bring your kids to church for Christmas? I mean, people are more likely to say yes. And so every Sunday, we've got a saying around here that we don't surrender Sundays. Yep. We don't say this is going to be a bad Sunday and drop it. But I think the the Sunday or the, the time around Christmas is some of the most valuable time a church can really take advantage of. So with that being said, Perry, where is a good place for a church to get started in preparing uh, for this most important Sunday? I think, and this is this is um, once again what we've learned over you know going on to fifteen years now, is I believe the best place to prepare your church for Christmas services is the two or three Sundays before the Christmas service. Now, at the time of this podcast, if you're a pastor, you you know you're busy, you downloaded it or whatever, you might only have one Sunday. Um, I would take that Sunday to do a message on. Why you should bring people to church for Christmas? Um, the the thing we've discovered is the hotter we can get the core 
about, and when I say core, your core people, that would be your staff, that'd be your, you know, volunteers. The more fired up you get them about something, the more you get them talking about it, tweeting about it, Instagramming about it or whatever, they, the more you get them excited, the more likely they are to actually go out and invite people to church that don't know who Christ is and they come back. And so the best place to start is getting your people excited, casting vision as to why Christmas is important and what you expect them to do. Bring a lost person, bring a family member or a friend that does not know Christ or that is unchurched. Yep, I love that. Set an expectation and then tell them what that really means. Get them excited about what we're excited about. And we have seen that work so well in the past. Um, Well, let me me pause right here because one of the things we talk to our staff about all the time is breaking the laws of assumptions that we've came up with. And one of the things as a pastor, and I've experienced this, that we get frustrated with our church about is we'll do, we'll put on a, We'll go extra. We'll, we'll go out extra for Christmas or Easter, but then we don't see as many people show up. And the reason, and, and and our people don't seem to be excited about it. But we never taught them to be excited about it. We never taught them it was okay to be excited about it. We never included them in the process. And so we're placing unrealistic expectations on them. Where if, as a pastor, church leader, you get in front of people and say, this is what we're doing, this is what we're praying for, this is what we're expecting, this is what we're hoping for, it's more likely to fire up the people in your church that are already bought into your church. I'm I'm telling you, man, don't waste a lot of time, and I'm not saying don't do this, but don't waste a lot of time on, you know, direct mail pieces or TV ads or newspaper ads. Take all of that money Invest it in firing up your people and let them go. Because if they're excited about your church, they will bring people to your church. That's really good. Um, and the one thing we've learned too, Perry, in the past is you don't want to hold back what you're going to do for Christmas. Don't right. like it's not a big secret. You're not going to win by revealing. Give the people a taste of what they're going to experience so they can get excited about it. Absolutely. Uh, and invite their friends to it. Um, with that being said, Perry, let's jump into, obviously, to do any kind of Christmas service, there's going to have to be some planning, maybe even extra planning uh, yes. for Christmas. So let me just start by asking this. Who all should be involved, uh, at least at the initial stages of your of a church's Christmas planning? I think this, this goes in two, maybe three stages. Um, first of all, now, it's, if you haven't executed this stage yet, it's too late this year, but you can do it next year. We started planning for Christmas in June. Wouldn't you say June? Yep, that's about right. So, so we got together and had a meeting in June to prepare for Christmas. And and I just want to kind of pause here and talk to pastors and encourage them. The more time you can give your artist, as your creative, your worship, your video, whatever, the more time you can give them to prepare, the better service you're you're going to have. Um, the problem for years is I would come up with an idea on Thursday and want to implement it by Sunday. And, um, w- you know, they pulled it off, but there were like dead bodies everywhere. And so we said, hey, the more time we give people to prepare, the better job they're going to do. It sets them up for a win. And so we started talking about it in June. And we started talking about the ideas and the concepts. We got the, you know, pieces rolling. And then you, the... The more in-depth, the more um, – in fact, Shane, a lot of the planning meetings now I don't come to because it – you know, 
Are we going to do golf carts with uh, elves driving them? I mean, I remember that conversation one year, and I'm like, do I really need to be in the elf golf cart conversation? But it created the environment. I remember one year we had somebody from guest services say, hey, on – this is when we just had one campus, but why don't we um, – we got this big, huge honking Christmas tree in the middle of our atrium. And I'm just telling you, listen, people, Christmas is the one time a year you have to go traditional. You can't go contemporary at Christmas. Our, one year, I, I never will forget, we tried to go completely contemporary and not do anything traditional, and I, our people were pissed. They were yeah. like, this is not cool. That's not, you know, you took everything out of Christmas, and we're like, well, we're trying to be young and cool and hip, and they're like, you're not. So Christmas is the one time a year you have to go somewhat traditional. you got to sing a Christmas. I'm, I'm not saying break, break out the candles because somebody's going to burn the church down, and I— I'm not saying that's the best idea. So going back to the Christmas tree, um, we put up this Christmas tree, and there was a lady in the meeting, and I will forget, she said, what we should do is we should um, I'll, like have a photo station, and you can get your family photo in front of the Christmas tree. And I thought, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. We're not going to do that. I'm just thinking this. I'm not saying it out loud, but I'm thinking it in my mind. And finally, she made such a compelling case, and she's so sweet. We're like, okay, do it. And I remember walking out, um, walking out of the atrium, talking to people, and the line of people to get their picture taken at the Christmas tree. Oh my gosh, I was blown away. So, so you need to have people in the room now. Don't do seventy-eight things because then it's like a carnival and there's a church service involved. But like, uh, I remember, I never forget the lady that came up with that idea. She was over guest services. Um, not only did she come up with the idea, but she executed the idea and it was really 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 great so that's just something i mean get the the people the greeters the ushers the people that are planning the programming people all of those people need to be on the same page there needs to be no surprises to anyone on your christmas services that's really good and speaking of the pictures by the christmas tree that's become something that we make sure is available and set up every single year. Something my wife enjoys. Yeah. I still I'm still sitting there going, It's a Christmas tree, people. Why am I standing in front of this Christmas tree? Anyway. But it's it it really is yeah. one of those things that, you know, just bringing I'm I'm telling you, if you don't have a female in nearly every meeting you're doing, you're leaving something on the table because they just care more than we do as that, guys. That's absolutely true. Yeah. I would be like, hey, why don't we hit people with a Christmas tree? We wouldn't even in? have Christmas decorations. None. Zero. If it was just up. But I would sing a Christmas song because you gotta sing Christmas songs. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't after, do that either. Well, I, after Thanksgiving. <laughs> after Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving. Not a Halloween. No, yeah. no. I think people that start celebrating Christmas at Halloween completely disrespect the pilgrims 100 percent disrespect the pilgrims the they might as well go set the mayflower on fire and burn it down um it's the worst it, pretty soon shane that we're totally off topic right now we're gonna start celebrating christmas like on july 5th I, i'm no, convinced that I, it's like okay go ahead and set up for christmas uh, i'm not being a scrooge i'm just saying it's not Christmas until you've eaten turkey and the Detroit Lions have lost. There you go. And, and um, they, they won this year, actually. Oh, so they did. That's right. Jesus is probably coming back. Hey, can I say one word to the artists out there? Word. You know, you mentioned to the pastors to give them time and the better work they'll do. And I think that's true. They'll do a better job. And you know what? They'll enjoy the fruit of their labor. Everybody wants that. But for any artist out there listening, if your pastor takes their time to prepare you for that, don't waste that time. Make sure that you actually use it and get ahead and make the most of the time that they give you, because if you don't, then there's no reason for them to do it. 
Um, Perry, another question I had, is there, so so some churches will have a big service, and some like us, we're going to have a bazillion services. I don't remember how many we're having. Yeah. Is there any difference in planning in regards to if a church is doing one service or, say, a series of services over multiple days? I think yes, um, because when you're planning things out, for example, this year we're doing how many? 74? 74 total services. By the time you take all of our campuses, um, all of our service times, and we're starting them on Saturday, December 20th, and we're yep. doing them Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, right? And Wednesday. And Wednesday? When, I think. Holy is crap. that Christmas Eve? Is that Christmas Eve? Yeah, we're yeah. doing services on Christmas Eve. Go. Now, for pastors out there um, that are feeling the pressure, I'm just going to let you know, we're doing the same service. Yep. Like So the same service on Saturday, Sunday, we're not completely turning everything around and doing different services Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Ten years ago, we might have tried that because we felt all this pressure, but no, 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 no. We're just going to use, we're going to leverage the weekend because people are already coming to church on Sunday. We're going to leverage that weekend to try to reach as many people as possible. And then some people just want to come on Christmas Eve. I, it's, it's my opinion. It's my opinion. It's, this is Perry, you know, book of Perry chapter one, verse one. Um, that you should offer multiple service options for Christmas. And here's why. People, everybody can't come on Christmas Eve at 7 o'clock, right? I'm going to go ahead and tell you, pastors out there that are doing this, we'll probably get an email on this. I don't really care. Nobody wants to come to your church at midnight on Christmas Eve and sing Christmas carols. Nobody. Nobody. Except, and I know, well, we'll have that one family that complains. That family complains about everything you do in your church. Please don't go to your church on Christmas Eve and sing Christmas carols. Be at home with your family. That oh was just gosh. a personal thing. I just yeah. felt the I will, need to. I will amen that. Um, and and um, live nativities uh, are, are a good idea, but if you do them inside the building, I'm telling you, the donkey's going to freak out. and It's going to be a big, huge mess. And so, But going back to the service planning, I, I think if you can provide services over two or three nights, you're going to reach more people. Yep. Because you got some people that work on – like this year, maybe – and maybe you got a church of 100 people and you're listening right now. And you're like, all we have is 100 people and we got a Sunday service. Well, why don't this year just say, hey, we're going to do a Saturday night and a Sunday morning service because we want to give you um, another opportunity to invite someone to church. I promise you, I promise you that if you do that and you prepare your people You'll see your attendance increase. You'll reach. You'll see salvation. No doubt. Because there, there's people that are not coming to church on Sunday morning, but they might come on Saturday night because they might have to work Sunday morning. And That's the thing that I think a lot of churches forget that during that season, since it's such an important series of services, that the more options you get, you get people opportunities to come. They may have to work if they're in retail. They may have yep. to work the whole time, or they may have friends and family. They could be traveling. There's all kind of reasons where I agree. If you do one, just do two and see what happens. Well, and then we're 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 going all out. I mean, I think this is the most Christmas services we've ever done. But in that, and this is just an, an encouragement to pastors, you don't have to do this. But since we're having 74 services, I mean, that's a lot of services. The following Sunday, December 28th, we're we're shutting down the church. Um, and this idea isn't original with me. Andy Stanley's done this for years. They completely shut down the church the last week of the year. Um, we're shutting it down because we want to give our staff and our volunteers, we've got some volunteers, I'll guarantee you they'll be at every service at their campus. We want to give our staff 
and our volunteers a breather. Um, nobody's coming to church on December 28th anyway, except that family that wanted to come and sing Christmas carols on December 24th and just kind of give everybody a breather. So we're going into this telling our staff and our volunteers, hey, we're going to push it as hard as possible for the for that for that five day period to try to reach as many people as possible. But on the back end, you get you, you get a break. We are going to do something online that's yeah. cool that all families can kind of have church in their living room online. But um, but we'll do the work so they don't have to. Absolutely, I love yep. the way you said that. Yep, that's why I'm here. Uh, one of the question I had is: um, Are there some things to consider for Christmas? Uh, other than things we've already talked about that maybe you don't always consider for normal Sundays throughout the year? I feel like at Christmas, you um, one of the things we've always done, and we just do this kind of out of respect for the holiday, is we tell our band members, hey, um, step up your dress a little bit on Christmas. Um, we tell our ushers, step up your dress a little bit. We don't say coats and ties. Now, right. actually, this year... There may be some tuxedos involved. There may, there may there be. There may be some tuxedos. Not, I'm not wearing one. Um, I would if it brought people to Jesus, but I don't think it would. But I think on Christmas, it's a time to step Do Do that thing, not for shock effect, but that surprising that will engage people that will pull them in. Like one year we did the rock version of Carol the Bells, and it was just so cool. We've done Let It Snow and had a snow machine. Um, and it's one year though, this was when we were portable, we had, we rented a cheap snow machine and it, <laughs> and it, and it, and it sent down a blob yep. on top Pumps. of one of our singers heads. And it was, we, we shouldn't have done that, but it's Live the, and learn. yeah, it's the, I think it's the Sunday where you, where you show your people, Hey, if you will invite people here, we will do whatever it takes to reach them and show them who Jesus is. Yeah, that's great. Um, we mentioned this earlier, but I wonder if there's some specific uh, ideas that you could share with the listeners about ways to get church members or regular int- attenders really excited about inviting their friends. So one of the things we stumbled on a few years ago is this thing called an invite card. And an invite card is about—it's it, it, the size of an old-school business card. Business card. card. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, people ask me all the time, do you have a card? I'm like, I haven't had a card in five years. <laughs> but— a lot of people still carry business cards around. I actually still find them helpful. If somebody mm-hmm. gives me one, it's like all the information right there. So what we discovered is our people would um, go out and invite people to church, and they would say, well, what's your service time? So, well, okay, well, it's this day, but on Christmas, and they would get mixed up. Or they would say, you know what, it's, it's just a hassle. So um, for years, we've done this thing where when you leave our auditorium, and we've got every door covered, there's not a safe way out, we'll give you five inv- five cards already bundled with a rubber band around them and say, give these to your friends. It's got the website. It's got the service times. It's got you know locations. It's got the information. And you give that to a person when you invite them. And um, number one, people are more likely to invite people if they have an invite card. Yep. Number two, people are more likely to come. And, and listen, this is a pet peeve of mine. But if you use it at a restaurant, if you're going to put down an invite card at a restaurant for your church, put it down with a great tip. $20 minimum. I don't care where you eat. Yeah. $20. I've told our church do this and we've act, we've got story after story after story of servers that came to our church because one I remember one server said um uh that yeah that this guy wrapped uh 
an invite card with a $100 bill. And so I wanted to go see what that was about. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's a great idea. So anyway, invite cards are, I think, the most practical. And then the week before or the two weeks before, informing and inspiring your church as much as possible is key in getting um, people to come to your Christmas services. And, and let's just, hey, let's just cut to the chase here. The reason you want more people to come to your Christmas services is not so you can have more people in your church. The reason you want more people in your Christmas services is so they can hear the gospel and they can learn about Jesus and their lives can be changed. That's why you want more people coming at Christmas. And that's why pastors really spend that extra time developing that message. Don't use the, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. The Holy Spirit said he'd give me the message. The Holy Spirit said, yeah, that text is about if you get arrested and you're standing in front of governors. It has nothing to do with poor sermon preparation. <laughs> Take some extra time, put it into that message, and make sure you present the gospel in a very clear, understandable way. And if you'll do that, and you will call people to give their lives to Christ, I'm telling you, it will happen. That's the reason. If you want more people at church um, for Christmas just because you want more people, then then hire a circus. But if you want more people because they can hear the gospel, then I'm telling you, if you do these things, you will see fruit. No doubt. Well, that's great. You know, Christmas is coming. It's just a few weeks away. Hopefully Here this has been helpful. Perry, before we sign off, any final thoughts on this? Um, I, I would like to sign off by talking about my favorite Christmas carols. And I think that's uh, actually I'm not going to do that. I, you know what though? Oh, Holy Night is my favorite Christmas yeah. song. That is a that is a powerful song. Yeah. Um. I don't like We Three Kings. That that song wigs me out. We Three Kings of Oriental. I don't I don't like that. No. It gives me the creeps. That's weird. I, yeah. That's so don't don't do that song. Anyway, that's it. I just Oh, Holy Night. Hey. If you do Oh, Holy Night, send yeah. us a sing uh, songs email. people love to hear. At Absolutely. And they will love you for it. All right. Well, that's Josh, it. our guy right here. Josh is going stop talking, but Josh, he doesn't know that we could go. We could go forever. Well, Josh, here's here's Josh is a Florida fan, oh, and that's so right. he's he knows what it's like to live in seasons of mm. wanting and discouragement and disappointment. So the last thing I'll say in this edition of the podcast <laughs> is pray for Josh. Pray for Josh. Um, hashtag pray for Josh if you're listening to this. In fact, the first person that hashtags. Pray for Josh. I'm going to send you a signed copy of Overwhelmed and a signed copy of Unleash, and uh, and I'll ta- I'll tag you back with Josh's picture because he's a Florida fan, and Florida fans have it real bad. They can't. They don't even have a coach right now. That's true. God, God help them. See you next time. <laughs>